go please to uh, Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you've been with us the last few weeks, this is uh, our continuation of our series, A Theology of Worship. And uh, what we saw here is that in order to worship God, these people, the first step that God said is, before any worship takes place, come out of Egypt. These people have to come out of Egypt so that they can worship me. This tells me that worship is more than singing or song. And we said that the problem with Egypt is that the culture, the system, the, the, the mindset that had been established in Egypt was not conducive for the worship of God. In the, in the system of Egypt, one took advantage of the other. One profited at the expense of another. And the God of justice and righteousness, whose foundation of his throne is established in justice and righteousness, such a system is not conducive to the worship of God. So the first step in worship is not tuning your guitar. Come on, somebody. The first step in worship is coming out of whatever looks like Egypt. Whatever in our own heart and whatever system we're in. We come out so that we can enter into the true worship of God. In God's system of worship, we don't take advantage of each other. We don't profit at the expense of another. We fight for one another so that we prosper together. Hallelujah. The true prosperity is the shared prosperity. And, and this scarcity mentality, it tells us, well, I have to be careful because they might leave me empty. It's not in the worship of God. In the worship of God, there's plenty and even more for everybody. Amen. Amen. So we've been dealing with this idea, and we saw this uh, from the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you remember, Ade also shared this. God was upset with his people. He said, you're fasting, and that's good that you're fasting, but is this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? Eh? When you fast, you do as you wish. It's not the true kind of fasting to break the cords of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, uh, the, the yoke. To break the yoke and to set the oppressed free. To share your food with the hungry and give your clothes to the naked. Is that not the true kind of fasting? Amen. So they thought they were doing the fasting. But like God says, no, you're just, you're just fasting without fully engaging with my kind of fasting. In my kind of worship. And we saw how important it is with the things of God. When, when it was time... Uh, for the, 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 the time of Jesus to come to the earth. The way was prepared by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist came as the forerunner, the protocol, the entourage, the assembly. Come on somebody, come on somebody. Yeah? Because Jesus is coming. The salvation of all mankind is coming. And they asked him, what should we do? And John the Baptist says, this is what we do to prepare the way for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Eh? Don't roll out red carpet. Don't put a big billboard eh, on Magananya Batiliku. Eh? No pictures, no red carpet, eh? no bodyguards, no escorts. It says the King is coming. So if you have two coats, share with the one who has none and do the same with your food. Hallelujah. Because God is not served by external protocol and by external procedures. He's a God of the heart. We serve God with the heart. Man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We serve God with our heart. We serve God when we share what we have. Hallelujah. 
Mm. Because see, true worship is not about shouting. True worship is not about singing. True worship is not about, worship is not done with our mouth. Worship is done with our life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this teaching is not just a shouting message and you go home. This message is designed to go deep down into your heart and mess up with the order of Egypt that has been established in your heart. Hallelujah. Excuse me if I'm stepping on your Egypt, but it is by design today. Hallelujah. There's Egypt that, see, if you stay in Egypt long enough, Egypt gets in you. Mm. And you start governing and ordering your, that's what happened in Africa. Africa was ruled by Europe for so long. And the way that Europe ruled over Africa, they took the best land and took it for themselves. They took the best property, took it for themselves, and they ruled over everybody. Then they gave independence. And the new leaders who came into Africa in the 60s, eh, they, they, they continued the same program <laughs> that the Europeans had done, except they did it now with their own people and their own tribe. You see, because they were in Egypt and they were in Egypt for so long that Egypt got into them. Yeah, and that's been the problem ever since. So today, everybody, not just the church, everybody, everybody comes out of Egypt today. Everybody comes. This is a message not just for you. I'm preaching to the spirits of the air. It is time to come out of Egypt. Hallelujah. So that we can worship the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a kind of worship that God likes. There's a kind of worship that God is looking for. There's a kind of worship that, appreci that God appreciates. We find this in John chapter 4. Go with me please. John chapter 4 verse 23. John chapter 4. This is the conversation with the Samaritan woman. One of my favorite. Uh, I just have a, a heart for this woman. But that's another message. But verse number 23. The gospel of John chapter 4 verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Two things. Number one, the Father seeks. The Father seeks worshipers. You know, it's, it's interesting. God uh, is not lacking of anything. He has everything. You know, many times the things that we desire is born out of whatever we don't have. Or if someone gets a better something than us, then we start to desire. And this is the, one of the problems with weddings. Let me just help somebody who's not married yet right now. Okay? You go to your friend's wedding and all of a sudden you start getting desires that you never had before. And that's the foundation for all weddings and marriages. And you start to seek based on what you don't have. And uh, let me just help you. The wedding is the worst place to make decisions to get married. Because the wedding, another word for a big wedding ceremony is a lie. Because that's not the end of the race. It's the beginning. And the end is very different always from the beginning. If you've ever seen a marathon, eh? we know marathon in this country, okay? Everyone looks like a champion at the beginning. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Everybody looks like a winner at the beginning. Hmm? But how they look in the... <laughs> and so what we do with weddings is we give a certificate and a clapping and cheering at the beginning as if they won. Yeah, right. You have won nothing. Hmm? You have proven nothing. In fact, some of you might not even make it. Huh? So you don't make those decisions at the starting. 
if you really want to know, uh, okay, I'm getting off track, but, but the point is, we have desires, we seek things. God has everything, made everything, he is, everything is in, through, and by him, he is not lacking anything, but he does seek something. It says the, the Father seeks worshipers. And then it says not just worshipers, too. He seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth. So that means that if there is such a thing as a worshiping in spirit and in truth, then there is another kind of worship that is void of spirit and in truth. So God does not look for that worship. God looks for the worship that is done in spirit and in truth. Well, what's the difference? I'm glad you asked. Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah 29 and verse 13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts aha, are far from me. Their worship of me is made up of rules taught by men or human-based rules. Stop right there. So the problem with this kind of worship, the God does not seek this kind of worship, and the difference between this worship and the kind of worship that God seeks is source. This worship is sourced in men. It is comprised of the rules of men. Okay? God does not look for the worship that is sourced in men. He is looking for the worship that is sourced in spirit. He seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth. Now what's the difference between the worship that is sourced in men and the worship that is sourced in spirit? The difference between the two is the end product, what it does with Egypt. The, so, the worship that's sourced in men, it does nothing with Egypt. But the worship that is sourced in spirit, it attacks Egypt. It tears Egypt down. It comes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. So see, spiritual worship, many times when we say worshiping in spirit, in truth, we think of raising our hands, speaking in tongues, kicking but that is not the mark of true spirit i mean it's good praise the lord that we are touched but the true fruit of a spirit sourced worship is that egypt is no more all right so so some of us need to follow through with our shaking and go take that shaking and share your coat acts chapter 2 this is the original outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We all know this, but let's pay attention to what happens. When the day, Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. So they had planned to come together in one place. That was sourced in them. But suddenly, that was sourced in spirit. That was not sourced in men. Suddenly, the, uh, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We know this. But my point is that this is a picture of a Spirit-sourced worship. Okay? They had gathered, but suddenly there was a sound. It was not sourced in them. It was sourced in the Spirit. Okay? Now, what is the sign of a Spirit-sourced sourced worship? It is not speaking in tongues, although they are speaking in tongues. 
All right? It, the sign is, where is Egypt? So whenever we see a move of God, the next question has to be, what have we done with Egypt? All right? So what we see in the book of Acts chapter 2 is how the Spirit visited at the beginning of the chapter. Look what happens at the end of the chapter. All right? Verse number 42 of the same chapter. Okay, it started in spirit, sourced in spirit. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching phenomenon. Verse 44, jump down with me. Okay, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Hmm, I'm going to stop right there. All the believers had everything in common. Ah. So before the Spirit of God came, Eh? There was those who had and those who did not have. Some were maybe even profiting extremely, doing extremely good at the expense of everyone else. But after the Spirit came, everyone came out of Egypt. And everyone had everything in common. Hallelujah. Selling their possessions, everyone shared with what every... Zimalachu, I know, I'm getting in the business. Eh? And everyone, all the believers had everything in common. Hmm? And selling there, they gave to everyone, anyone as they had need. I'm not, I'm not saying, just don't look at me, look at the scriptures, fight with the scriptures. Hmm? And, and there was this unusual leveling of the mountains and raising of the valleys. There was this unusual blessing and equality. No one had too much. No one had too little. Praise the Lord. In fact, the same idea continues. If you did, like This culture continued. If you get to Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that there was no needy among them. Why? Because of this same system. Everyone was happy to share their coat, share what they have. There was no needy among them. Everyone had everything in common. Why? Because worship that is sourced in the spirit, it goes after Egypt. Egypt means one profits at the expense of the other. But when the spirit of God comes, and when we worship God in spirit and in truth, hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 6. This program continued all the way to Acts chapter 6. The early church in Jerusalem, they they were the stuff. Verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1. In those days, now I wanted us to notice that the shift of what happened here. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. I want to stop right there. Uh, first of all, I thought it was interesting. What started in the spirit in Acts chapter 2, eh? it ended up in a true worship. True worship. Eh, is when we come out of Egypt or we are freed from Egypt and we share what we have so everyone has enough. Did, have I made my point? So that worship, it, it resulted in what we call, what they called a daily distribution of food or a daily distribution of bread. There was two things that were a part of the early church. Number one, they had daily prayer. Number two, they had daily distribution of bread. And I think it's powerful because you cannot really fully have one without the other. Mm? The Spirit of God that we receive in prayer, it grows to the point that you just have to find that coat and give it for somebody. Find that bread and give it to somebody. So they would come to church for prayer eh, with a bag of bread or groceries. Because 
Because this is worship in spirit and in truth. Worshiping in spirit and in truth, it hits Egypt. It gets rid of Egypt. It commands Pharaoh, says, let my people go so that they can worship, worship me. Hallelujah. So, so daily prayer and daily bread. They go together. But then it says that the Grecian Jews among them were complaining against the Hebraic Jews because they were being overlooked in the daily distribution of bread. So uh, this tells me that now, now there was, they were all Jews. It's kind of like we heard earlier. They're all Oromo, but there's Arsi Oromo and there's Bale Oromo and there's Afar Oromo. You see? So they're all, and it was kind of the same thing back then. They're all Jews, all right? But there's Grecian Jews and Hebraic Jews. So, so what happened is when everyone gets in line for the bread, hmm, the, 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 what the Hebraic Jews got double and the, Hib, uh, Lord help me, the Greek Jews, <laughs> the Grecian Jews, they would pass them and give more to the, you know, and that tells me that the one who's passing out the bread eh, is Hebrew himself. Okay, like he's. This is all in the spirit of worship, but we take care of our own people. Come on, somebody. All right? And so when they saw that, they said, no, this, does not, this is not consistent with worship. So they said, we'll give ourselves to prayer. The apostles said, we'll give ourselves to prayer. But let's appoint some men who will take care of this problem. Because we cannot have this kind of racism, tribalism, ethnic strife, when we're in the spirit of sharing our coat. And so the true deliverance from Egypt is not just sharing with the one who does not have, but to do it in a way that goes against the established ethnic prejudice of our time, that goes against the grain of our established racism, tribalism, ethnicity, color, language, you know, praise the Lord. Because if we're just distributing bread, but we're making sure that our own people are favored over those people, you know, wherever you go, there's always us and them. All right. And we all like us. And we all look down on them. But in the worship of God, there is no disparity of class. And there is no disparity of ethnicity. There is no disparity of race. There is no disparity of language. The Bible says that we all are equal before Him because there's only one Lamb of God. And there's only one blood. And the Bible says in Revelation that all of us from every tribe and tongue Come to the throne of grace on that day. And we all give praise and glory to him equally. The Grecian Jews are not favored over the Hebraic Jews or vice versa. The Oromo is not favored over the Amara or the Tigray. The black is not favored over the white or vice versa. Are you following what I'm saying? So when they saw this spirit creeping into interrupting their worship, they said, we have to take care of this. Because we are in danger of compromising the spirit-sourced worship to turn it into a man-made worship. And may the Lord deliver us from man-made worship. In Jesus' name, it is time to come out of Egypt. Tell your neighbor, uh, tell your neighbor, no, tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, tell them. But I'm coming out of Egypt right now. And I was thinking about these things and I was reminded of something. I think the Lord is leading us. If I can preach about something very dear to my heart, if you don't mind. Zechariah chapter 4 eh? and verse 6 says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Pastor Z. Not by might, 
nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, almighty mountain? Before Pastor Z, you will become a level ground. And you will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. It says two things. It says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Then it says, remember, spirit sourced worship, right? Then it says, what are you, almighty mountain? All right? Now, mountain is a very high place, okay? Uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, speaking, uh, actually, the, the word that John the Baptist built his ministry on. Uh, the, the, the cry from the vo of the voice of the one in the wilderness, it says, Let every valley be exalted and every mountain and hill be made low. What it's talking about is Egypt. Egypt is where some people go very high and other people. There's also a valley of dry bones. There's not too many valley of dry bones or dry bones on the mountain. There's a, but dry bones, there's disparity, there's injustice, there's inequality in the valley. There's living large on the mountain. There's this disparity. This was a picture of what Egypt was like. Pharaoh and his crew were doing well. The children of Israel were at the bottom of the rung. They were the dry bones. And, and, and so this mountain, it becomes very problematic. And God says, whenever there's a mountain, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of the living God. That this mountain... Hallelujah. This Egypt, this injustice, this corruption, this unfair prophet, eh? before Zerubbabel, it becomes a level ground. So I just put my own self in there. I believe I'm called to fail some mountains. I believe we're all who are led by the Spirit of God. Our assignment is not just to shake. Hmm? Our job is to bring down some mountains. Highly mountains of injustice. Just like what our brother Pastor Malaku was sharing. There was an injustice in his city. The Spirit of God gave him idea. He runs out and brings that mountain down. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and so I was getting blessed by this because God loves those who worship. He seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth. Hmm. In spirit and in truth. And then I was reminded of this building and what we've decided by the Spirit of God to name this building. This building is called Africa Worship Center. The question is, is this worship a man-made worship or is this worship a spirit-sourced worship? If it's a spirit-sourced worship, then the mountain has to come down. What are you a mountain, mighty mountain? You become level ground. And I was thinking about this, you know, if there was ever a high mountain anywhere in the world, I mean a high disparity, a high injustice, it's right here in Africa, where few have profited. I mean, this is obviously the richest continent, the most blessed continent, the most beautiful people. Come on, somebody. Hmm? Uh, uh, there's the best weather, the best weather, the best weather. Okay? There's so much, as, but we live as the poorest continent in the world. The reason is because there's a high mountain. All right? Somebody is doing very well of Africa's resources, but it's not the African. Or it's the few Africans. Now, this is a disparity of a high mountain and a low valley. And the Bible says that it is not by might. And it is not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. As we worship in spirit and in truth. The high mountain is made level ground. Hallelujah. One is not greater than the other. Now, you know, you have to understand that when we talk about this language, we're not talking socialism. This is kingdomism. 
Ne? Kingdomism is different from socialism, primarily in the fact that it is done from the heart. When it's done from the heart and when it's done from the spirit, no one lacks anything. Hallelujah. In socialism, somebody loses something. But in kingdomism, everybody... And, and, and so you don't get up to those places without some kind of compromise, with some kind of dark deed, some kind of evil. If you remember the story when, the, when the, the devil was tempting Jesus, Matthew chapter 4. There was a temptation after Jesus was baptized. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And Satan tempted Jesus. And Matthew chapter 4, he tested him three times. The third test was an interesting test. Verse 8, Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He took him to a high. He didn't take him to the valley. There's no temptation in the valley. There's dry bones in the valley. He was taken to the mountain and he was tempted on the mountain. And he told him on the mountain, hmm? showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship. Lekka, Satan is also hungry for. Hmm. Lekka, he has a lot he can offer you if you worship him. Hmm. Lekka, he also craves that worship. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Hallelujah. And you know what I realized? The story of this continent is, is a story of compromise, of corruption. People have sold their souls and sold the souls of many in order to get all the kingdoms of the world. You cannot get the kingdoms of the world without compromising, offering a worship offering a, a, a crooked deal, signing a contract that you know is strictly from the... So people have either done this uh, directly involved with deals with the devil, with, through witchcraft, or indirectly. It's all the devil behind the scenes. Injustice, crooked deals. Uh, this is the story of Africa. This mountain is very high and this mountain has been along, around for a long time and this mountain has to be introduced to the Spirit of God. Jesus told the devil, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This building, it's a testament to the worship of the Lord our God and to serve him only. Now, when Jesus, in, in this particular scenario, when Jesus refused to worship, that means he was giving up all the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor. That was the deal, right? If you worship me, I'll give you. And Jesus says, I would rather worship God with nothing than to worship uh, the devil and get everything. So it looks like Jesus lost, but Jesus doesn't lose. You never lose worshiping God. Hallelujah. In fact, see, if you worship the devil or give compromise or play with the devil, you will get the stuff at the expense of your own soul, at the expense of your own peace, and you will make many people to suffer in the valley of dry bones. 
But when you worship the living God, hallelujah, the Bible says that though he was made to suffer for a time and he was obedient to, to, unto death, hmm? therefore, the Bible says, Philippians 2, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, including Satan, who was trying to get him to bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You don't lose. See, the point is, okay, Pastor Z, this is good, but if I, if I give, if I have two clothes, two pieces of clothes, and I give one to the one who doesn't have, that means when I'm doing my laundry, God, how can I lose? Because I need at least, you no, know, it was good to have two because when one is dirty, I wear the other one and wash it. Come on, somebody. Hmm? If I give the only one that I have, this is laundry drama. And it's embarrassing to do your laundry with no clothes on. But I would like to tell you, when we do this from the heart, in the spirit and truth, there is no needy among them. In fact, God will bless you, not with two, but with four, five, and will bless everybody. It's multiplied, because God is looking for those who worship. Hallelujah. He makes things bow to you that you were trying to bow to before, when we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. So I have an announcement to make. This assignment for us as a church family is big. It's not just for this building, this city, or this nation. It's for the whole continent. This is the capital of Africa, the highest point, highest capital in the city. We are on the mountain, and this city has a history of doing deals with the devil to get access to the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. But in this city, we declare today, hallelujah, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. For it is written, worship the Lord your God. Worship in spirit and in truth. And serve him only. There is a river flowing from the temple of God. Hallelujah. A river of righteousness. A source that is not human in nature. But is sourced in the spirit. And I believe that we are building something that is much more bigger than a building. We are hitting a pharaoh. We are hitting a spirit. We are rebuking the devil. Hallelujah. We are rebuking that greedy, self-centered, selfish, ugly yeah? Not sharing your coat with somebody else, but taking somebody else's coat so that now you have three and calling it a blessing. The devil and his mother-in-law is a liar. Yeah? We share what we have with joy and God will see to it that God will bless us beyond anything. Amen, amen. Emma, Emma shared this testimony. I'm actually an eyewitness of this testimony. Uh, as you may know, Emma and Abba, uh, they started Emmanuel Church in Nairobi in the early 90s, right at the time when the dirt collapsed. And now, uh, that church, like I was in Bible school at the time, uh, and I would learn Western philosophy and theology in Bible school in a nice classroom, air-conditioned, uh, with McDonald's down the, the, the street from the school. And you know, that's, a, that's M.A. So we're sitting there, relaxed, and then I would go home for a holiday. And when we go home, it's just the whole church. Some of you are from there, some of you may. It's just, it's a refugee church. But um, extremely impoverished people, some of them have the most traumatic journeys. There's no food. Sometimes there's people even dying regularly because, because there was so much need. 
And, and I remember sitting there and I was saying, Lord, I, I just, I just the, the level of poverty, yet the level of praise. It was like a country. How can you praise? Like they have different color flip-flops, not even shoes. Like the orange and the blue, you know, remember that? That's all, they don't have those anymore. The orange and the blue. Sindio, some of, yeah. And, and I, I saw some people, you know, the hair turns orange because of malnutri malnutrition. But when it's time to praise God, the dust that goes up in that place and the, the smell just, you know, it's just do, do what you have to do. But I got more education in that refugee church, you see, than I did in my McDonald's Bible school theology. I learned more about the power of God, the presence. And I remember Emma would get up there, you know, with her takoch amma, you know. You know why Emma wears high heel shoes, right? She wears high heel shoes because the Bible says that you will tread the devil under your feet. So she puts those high heel shoes to make sure that he feels it. Yeah. And now, you know, I mean, you feel so bad for these people because they have nothing. And Emma, uh, even if we give everything they have, there's not enough to, you know, it's this need everywhere you look. And Emma would get up and preach and she says, hallelujah. You know how she does. If you have two pairs of pants, give one to the Lord. And I, I remember I was there fresh from Bible school with my theology. And I wanted to crawl under the chair. How do you ask these people eh, for anything? Two pants and you're telling them to give. It's giving time. Hallelujah. If you have two pants. I said, get out. What's that thing called? And, and, and then uh, I was so embarrassed. And then there was somebody in the church that day that literally had two pants. And he said, the Lord is speaking to me. Hmm? And he gave one of his pants, that's all he had, and he gave it to the Lord. And I was there, I, was, I heard, I saw, I'm an eyewitness. The next Sunday we come back to the church, testimony time. And this man, who gave his one pair of pants, uh, one of his two pairs of pants, which means that when he does his laundry, I already explained this story, right? <laughs> but some relative in America found something that was someone who, he had been writing his, his relative, his sister, please remember me whenever I, I don't have anything, if you can send anything. And she never sent anything, whatever. But it just so happened, she, I think Dallas, she was living in Dallas, and then she was talking with someone, I'm going to Nairobi. You're going to Nairobi, can you take something for me? That week. And she said, yes, took a, so she, he gave his, his one pair of pants. The next Sunday he came to church and he testified, I got a full suitcase of brand new clothes. Yeah. Designer clothes, blessed clothes. Yeah? And there was nobody, like this, so it was like all refugees, flip-flops, everything, except for one guy bouncing up with his, I don't know what you call that, CK, whatever me, but. And he was giving a testimony that, see, when you give, it's not losing. Impossible. God will see to it. He knows the ones who are worshiping from their mouth 
with rules taught by men and he knows those who are worshiping in spirit and in truth and you cannot outgive God hallelujah there was there was people who were selling their possessions and giving it to those who had need but the Bible says there was no needy among them everything had everyone had everything in common and I just want you to be be prepared we've been doing pre uh, uh, prayer unusual and I would like to prepare some of you this might get a little bit uncomfortable all right but we're stepping into outreach unusual eh? worship in spirit and in truth unusual mm. uh, sharing your coat unusual we're already lining up uh, we're already lining up some projects with our outreach and it's going to get a little bit heavy in here but this city will see and feel the goodness of God the river will flow and hit the city right where it hurts and, and, and the Lord will give us favor the Lord will send us a suitcase the Lord will take care of his children the Lord seeks those who are worshiping in spirit and in truth but let's tell Pharaoh let my people go it's time to worship the Lord amen let my people go.